Hi, folks. Steve Urban here, host of the RouterFlex podcast and founder and CEO of our day job recruiting firm, RouterFlex. We hope you enjoy this episode. And as a reminder, please subscribe to the podcast for updates and news. Finally, if you haven't already, check out the series of books we've published on hiring, interviewing, and overall career advice titled The RouterFlex Guide, available on Amazon. And now, a quick word from our sponsor. Most homeowners don't have the time or expertise to properly take care of their home, which causes costly issues to arise. That's where Cura Home Maintenance comes in. We're a full-service, routine maintenance company that was developed by a certified home inspector. Each quarter, we service our clients' homes following manufacturer's recommendations to properly maintain all the necessary appliances. We provide the materials and expertise to prolong the life of your property, creating a healthy and efficient environment for your family. From top to bottom, we'll maintain and service your home. To get started, we have a property inspection to determine what needs to be maintained, and a maintenance plan is created based on your preferences. From refrigerator coils to filters, vents, and drains, we do it all, and we do it well. Contact us today for your free routine maintenance inspection and never worry about your maintenance again. Yuhaw Berghall on the Rider Flex podcast from Finland today. How are you, sir? I'm very well, thank you. Glad five o'clock five o'clock over there. Thank you for joining me. It's uh eight o'clock here in Colorado, the US, eight AM. So uh thank you for doing this. Appreciate it. Pleasure. Interesting story, uh, interesting career, great career, and uh, was you know studying some of your stuff this morning while I'm watching some stuff while I was on the treadmill. Uh, I found you on YouTube on another interview and and so forth. So I want to get into business, but first, I want to talk about the person, Yuha. Well, mm-hmm. Tell her, did you grow up in in Finland? Uh, you from Helsinki? What what? Give us the family story. Give us a little background. Yeah. Um, grew up in Finland, Helsinki area. Um, both of both of my parents are, you know, business owners, small business. Ah. So, okay, it's sort of a destiny. It's in the DNA. Uh, <laughs> entrepreneur. Uh, uh, grew up in in sort of a uh, team sports. That's my thing. Uh, ice hockey, football, okay. soccer. Uh, so that's where I where I'm coming from and that's how I've been building my businesses as well. It's all about, all about the team, uh, sort of a, like, um, how do you make people work together for a common goal? That's sort of a, that's how I grew up. Okay. And, um, okay. So hmm. the entrepreneurial bug came from your parents early on. What kind of, what kind of businesses did they have? It's just the small, um, my dad's, uh, they actually had us, we have a little bit of influence of bringing, um, services um, business for household appliances to Finland back in 1950s, 60s from Sweden. Wow. I have a little bit Finnish-Swedish background. As, as you might know, Finland is a bi- bilingual country, so we have Finnish and, and Swedish. So that's my dad's side. And uh, sort of being the shop, working with household appliance myself <laughs> back in the day. And then I then this thing called, uh, um, I would say, computers and IT stuff came about and Kind of got interested in that. Um, 
So did you, that's did your fun. mom, uh, did your mom help in the businesses with, with your dad or did she do something separate? And actually, actually my mom is, uh, she's a barber. Oh, okay. All right. Still, is she still, 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 work? still, still wow. see, wow. she's 70 something. And still, I, I wonder how many years need <laughs> to be dropped and cut off before she's, <laughs> she stops. So uh, are they nearby you? Are they close? Uh, yeah, like, uh, an hour at drive. Okay. What, by the way, what's the difference between Finnish and Swedish? What, what's the, in layman's terms, like, like a, in simple mm. commoner terms, how would you describe the difference? Well, I guess if you ask from Swedes, we are the little brother. So, uh, the history goes that we, Finland has been part of Sweden. Sweden overruled us back in the day, uh, Russia overruled us back in the day okay so there's a kingdom and we are the like the peasants for that i'd guess um <laughs> so uh the, the story goes so that Finns have been really great in fighting all the wars wars for sweden so Inter interesting we are their landmine between russia so, so you know, I actually I'm embarrassed to say I didn't know the history. So it was part of Sweden first, and then Russia, then part of Russia, but then independent. When when yeah. did it when did it separate from Russia? What like how long? When what year was that? Do you, do you know? Uh, 1917. 1917. 1917. Oh, so before before World War One or something like that. Or yeah, right that's, yeah, sort of. A, that's where we sort of declared and uh, sort of one hundred and something years independence. Uh, how about that? So. If you think about the Europeans and if you want want to understand Finns, if you talk to Irish people, then you might like understand they they have gone kind of a similar setup right. overruled by United Kingdom. Yeah, uh, so a little bit like um, you know, like modest. You know that bad things might happen to you. You keep <laughs> it to yourself. <laughs> but we are the happiest nation in the world. Is That's that right? If you, is that is that if you Google that, you're the happiest? Is yeah. that right? Why why do you think that yeah. is? I, a lot of people ask that. Uh, I guess that that comes from the fact that um, we understand that like the things might change. I think that's sort of in building the culture that uh, you don't really brag around and like when you have a lot of like um, even though you have wealth and and stuff like that, you don't talk about it. You're just happy as it is. Mm. Which is in turn, I think, as an entrepreneur uh, living in Finland, it's kind of a, has a downside as well. Ah. Like you're not pushing your limits, you're not ah. taking risks as such. Mm -hmm. Kind of when we rebuilt this, like you know, the society and the country after the war, that's when we have a lot of like this entrepreneur spirit in in the country. All the people joined, like re re rebuilding the whole like culture and nation and everything around it. And then when you get to a certain stage like welfare, then you start getting a little bit lazy. And that's, I think it's a little bit like we have, like we are the happiest nation in the world. We have like, everything is like, as I said, Finland, um, as I typically say, is that Finland is a prepaid country. So everything is prepaid through taxation. So you don't really have to worry about your kids going to school. Can you afford the universities? Uh, you know, healthcare, all that, they, it's taken care of. If you just pay the tax, that's it. It's prepaid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not free prepaid. it's prepaid, prepaid. Yeah, so, i but, like that i like that term what what are the what are your taxes like 60 percent uh no no not that much so 15 uh, depend depending how much you earn because it's progressive mm. so it I hits on that on that like when you hit hit six figures 
yearly income, then it starts really hitting you. Ah, okay. Well, so it's best to make 90. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, the income uh, tax is not the, not the only problem. I think it's more like um, in, in Finland in general, like people are getting older who is going to like keep up paying taxes so that we can get to have the services mm, across. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. So, so. plus you have to, plus you have to worry about Putin. You have to worry about Russia. Or do you guys ever worry about anything crazy like that? <laughs> or that's not really, that's, you're not worried about it. Yeah. Well, we we share around fifteen hundred kilometers of border with that guy. Uh huh. I say I'm lo- I'm actually looking at the map as you're talking. <laughs> yeah. So I was I was actually uh, a couple of years ago I was in Toronto, Canada, and I was I was talking with the guys there, and I was saying that we have something in common that you guys share something like eight hundred eight thousand kilometers of border with lunatic. We only have fifteen hundred. <laughs> that was the time when Trump was president. So we kind of. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah. yeah so you don't worry at all you don't it doesn't make you nervous well we're a little bit less nervous i think at the moment since we just joined nato which is a really really big thing for us um like okay. we we back in the like second world war and things like that when when shit went down so to speak yeah. we yeah. kind of we were left alone in the middle of big boys playing their games and now it's a kind of a thinking that we, we really don't want to be alone anymore. And <laughs> we've been always leaning to West and uh, hold like the NATO and uh, like we have really, really like a long-term relations with US, US, especially in, in the like armed forces and military level. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, and actually uh, back in the day after the war, I don't know if you, if you remember this Marshall aid, aid that was like, uh, it was, I think, the UK was drivers, but they were sort of supporting countries after the war, oh. and uh, like the West Allies. And um, one of the things that they provided is that was free education for uh, English teachers in Finland. Oh, interesting! So all the kids in Finnish schools they they go through the, of course, Finnish language, the main one, and then Swedish and English. So most of the Finns speak English, sort of a at least on sufficient level. I see. If you go to if you go to the grocery store, what what's the what's the primary language? Uh, Finnish, but you you will cope with English as well. <laughs> do they like tourists? What if the if the U if US if I go over there and I go to the grocery store, do they look at me like, "What the hell are you doing here?" Or are they how do they feel? Uh, well, if you don't shout, you're you're not behaving yourself, not being this stereotypical <laughs> American. Then we will love, love you. <laughs> Uh, so that's what that, that and we'll get off of this topic, but that's what they think of the U.S. in general. Like we're loud, we're, we're, we brag, yeah. we're, 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 yeah, yeah the indeed. cowboy, cow, exactly. wild cowboys. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Uh, that's good <laughs> stuff. Oh, okay. Well, thank you for sharing some of that. By the way, any, any, uh, siblings and also what about you now? Are you, do you have a partner, spouse, married kids? G- give me some more detail. Uh, I'm the oldest one, so I have a little brother, two years younger, and then little sister, six years younger. Okay. Uh, I'm 47 myself, and I think one of the, the biggest achievements for me is that I'm still married with the same woman after 20-something years. Cool. So that's my, that's my, my <laughs> sort of... Uh, two uh, daughters, uh, 18 and 16. Oh, 
All right, teenagers. Oh. Uh, teenagers. Have they yeah, have they gotten any 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 trouble yet, or have they uh, have anything anything interesting happen? It has been. <laughs> uh, I, well, I'm knocking knocking on wood, but I would would rather, but it's like it has been relatively smooth sailing. They both do their schools, uh, college, high school ending for an older one, and then team sports both. So it's a sort of a Okay. Good stuff so far. Okay. Okay. Nobody's not you haven't caught anybody sneaking out, climbing out the window at night or anything? Nothing fun? Well, maybe some minor, you know, <laughs> but it, it's part of the growing up, we, as you know. Oh yeah, of course. And were you like a straight A student, good kid, or did you get in any trouble? Were you a rebel? What, what, tell me about you when mm. you were young. Well, I was one of my my actually my co-founder said once when I turned 40 that now I'm starting to get younger. Since I always always been a little bit like this old soul, so I so. being the rational one, I being the one who took, takes care of everything when they are screwing around. So that has been my role, I, I guess. <laughs> um, so I still have my time coming, I guess. <laughs> after the kids, <laughs> yeah. uh, very good. What's your wife do? Huh? Your your wife? What does your wife do? Well, she has this more. She brings this more realistic. Um, view to the world she works with uh, social services uh, like this child care child support all of those like nasty nasty stuff happening in people's uh, lives i see supporting kids at the moment in, in school and mm. and sort of that's a reality check for me sitting <laughs> sitting behind the keyboard and and, <laughs> and a laptop and it's a different Lots story of, your wife's a very patient loving person that cares about people then obviously Okay, very good. All right, cool. Well, thank you. Thank you for, for, for sharing. I appreciate it. So you had the entrepreneurial bug early because your parents were entrepreneurs. Mm. But at first, you you had a few regular jobs in there before you started a business, right? Yeah. I think. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. But did you did you know? I mean, did you early on were you like, yeah, this is cool, but I'm gonna I'm gonna start something? Was that was that always a plan? Um no, of course not. <laughs> So, um, as you asked about my my straight A student, no, I I wasn't. I was I was like getting through. I was I never you. interested in the kind of university or studies or anything like that. But I went to like I have a bachelor's bachelor's degree in business administration, IT. Uh -huh. So sort of that's my. Uh, it took almost six years to finish. Some people graduate as a doctors and BA like PhD every within that time. <laughs> so. But I, I, I worked. It was like dot com boom uh, era, uh, ah, late nineties. I see. When you, if you studied a little bit something IT related, you got the job. Like mm -hmm. people were like brought from schools directly to do work. That happened to me as well. Mm. So um, I've been in like since then working regularly. And um, the whole idea, I, I guess the IT was just a. I've been always interested in the like technology and and the latest development on when it comes to cars cars like cars have been my always my oh, my thing is that right okay do you have like yeah. a, do you have like what do you have in your garage what 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 do you have give me give me one or two. Uh, i must admit that i i jumped to this bandwagon of evs uh so i'm driving audi e-tron gt oh okay uh, so right. uh the only car that i i sort of the german cars have me my my weakest <laughs> thing so we are having we that's have, what you we spend money on 
That's what you spend yeah. money on. And your, your wife, your wife's like, yeah, okay. Gotcha. She's like, yeah, why are you spending you should money see on the, that? You should see the car prices in Finland. So it's. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Uh, sorry. That's anyway, I got, I got off track. Sorry. Uh, anyway, <laughs> you, you loved the computers. You liked the IT stuff. You loved, you loved technology. Okay. All yeah. Right. So I went to school. Um, of course they they were like teaching coding and software development yeah. stuff like that and i i quite early noticed that noticed that it's it's not my thing like this logical okay. mathematical approach okay. but i i noticed that i'm actually really good at combining things so like not just focusing one thing maybe it's a little bit like i'm not diagnosed but adhd approach that my brain can like function multiple things at the same time okay without me being stressed so then I went more like this consultancy, like combining, talking, explaining solutions for the clients and stuff like that. And uh, the connection, the uh, connection between the coders and the regular people. Yeah, sort of trying to explain and translate the benefit okay. of of X Y Z. So that okay. that that sort of hit me, and I'm I've always been super visual, so visualizing things, uh, simplifying through visualization. That has been my my sort of a interest all the times even though i cannot draw so <laughs> thank god we have ai nowadays that can yeah. ask. <laughs> so well, that's that's sort of where everything started and then i jumped into this like early stage startup um id service management software company called effecta that was sort of the the most prominent one that i've been dot-com era was different there were a lot of interesting stories i actually earned my first bucks like like first dollar through the dot com era. Really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. You had an exit? Did you have like a successful exit where you got a big payout? Yeah, I, I earned that first dollar. Wow. One. Yeah. One. Oh. So. One. Oh, you oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh so no, when you were at, store. Yeah. When you were at right. if Effecta, okay, then what were you at that time? Well, no, then you took no, no. Then you, then you yeah. found it. Then you became a founder of your first company shortly after. Yep. Yeah. Tell me, tell, tell us, tell, give me the story there. Um, or, or of, what happened? What happened with that uh, effect? That software company still exists. It's a great company. Um, but they had a idea that they would focus fully on software as a service. So that was the era of okay. software as a service times back okay. then. And. Um, we had a really good like I was I was a country manager for Finland, um, so we had this like services arm and things like that. And customers really loved the consultants; they helped them out to implement and stuff like that. Then we thought that well, if company wants to go full full blown software service, why don't we start to like take the consultancy piece, start building IT IT consultancy around it. So that that was sort of the idea, and there we went. And um, we grew it through company around 30 people. Okay. And simultaneously, we started one IO, which is the current project that we are now doing. Oh, that's, I see. Okay. Yeah. So it was sort of a spin off oh, consultancy. I see. All right. And what, so that was a project or, or some sort of spin off project that you were assigned to, and then you captured some yeah, ownership well, well, yeah. yeah sort of we 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 owned both of these companies and okay. uh we sold consultancy business two years two and a half years ago because we wanted to really like focus on this one thing i see uh, one io that we are now doing but the 
thing is that uh, the whole idea of OneIO actually started from this consultancy. I because see. we saw that, okay, this integration space is really complex. Nobody really wants to integrate. It's like, oh, hideous thing. And uh, we were part of the problem because we were the consultants who want uh, try to build integrations for enterprise enterprise customers. Okay. Didn't scale. It's really hard. It's complex. It's really hard to find the best resource, the best people to work for you. And mm -hmm. consultancy businesses are hard to scale, as you know. It's mm -hmm. all about the people. We thought that, well, we know this space really well. Why don't we so, sort of solve the problem for us and the customers so that we would remove this complex building part of integrations. Let's automate that. So we start developing our own proprietary integration platform that would automate the delivery part so that we don't have to go around like hiring hundreds of consultants. Okay. And then, then we would provide it as a continuous like subscription-based service that it, the integrations work after that. Because typically, traditional approach is you build something and then you hope it that, that it works. Yep, yep. So that's where we are. So we sort of cannibalized that part of the business and turn it into a software as a service. I see. Did you take, do you have ownership, but do you have equity in the company? What's the makeup of the ownership and where do you play in all of it? Currently, currently. Currently you have ownership. Yeah. You were a founding so we partner. Have, you were a founding partner. Yeah, we have four, four, four founders in the current, current setup and then we have two VCs on board. You have two VCs. Okay. Are the four founders still in in control or the VCs are in control now because yeah. they... We have around 60% at the moment. With, with the, the four founders. founders still have 60%. Yeah. Good for yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. That is, Good that you. is. We've been super stubborn of on uh, getting, giving yes. up any, any, any parts of the company. I mean, you know, you've heard the stories, right? I mean, I mean, there's so yeah. many, there's so many stories. As soon as, as soon as the founders give up more than 51% to PE or VC, you know, I mean, sometimes it goes fine. I mean, you know, there, there's yeah. good stories out there, but uh, so often I've had entrepreneurs on the podcast and, you know, they've said, oh my God, you know, as soon as I give up more than 51%, my life is a fucking nightmare. You know, it's the, I've just heard, yeah. this so, yeah, you know. And then you have to be really, really careful when it comes to yes. shareholder agreements, what is the exit clause and things like that. So we are in the same boat with the VCs as well, if there's exit. So in that sense, it's quite good setup at the moment. Good. The uh, founders, there was four of you. Um, yeah. The other three, did they have functional skill sets that, that complemented yours? Was there a, like a programmer or a marketer? What were the other guys or other guys? Uh, or girls? What, what, yeah. what did they, what were their functions compared to yours? Yeah. Well, uh, of course we have the, the geek. Yeah. All, of course. The, all the software companies have to have the geek. So <laughs> Kai, who is the CTO, he has designed the whole cloud infrastructure, <laughs> architectures, all this. he has built everything. So when okay. we started back in the day, he sent his family to the, over the Christmas, he sent his, sent his family to, to his mom's place over the Christmas and start writing the code. So we had the first version out like in a couple of weeks <laughs> after deciding, deciding go, go to that path. So he's, he's one of these guys. Wow. And, uh, then we have Janne, who is the co-founder. He he's been in consultancy. He's been the one who had the, like had to deliver for the customers. Okay. So all the features and functions that we have currently have in our solution are coming from his own dramas of being <laughs> being there in the deep end, trying to deliver against my promises. So I've been the promise department. He's the delivery. <laughs> I like that. It's good. Uh, and uh, and then we have Oli. Oli is uh, actually he has background in. Um, uh, corporate law 
So he's been in this like Good. he's been our CFO. He's been the Excel Excel guy who has kept a little bit, you know, hand on a break. Were you guys all friends when you worked at, at the previous company? Did they all? Did you all work together? How how did you form your little team? Yeah, well, uh, Kai and Janne were they both worked at Effect back at, at times. So okay. that's that's our connection. And then Olli, I met in one of the one of the startup events early early stage, and, and we that's sort of our. So we are not friends, which is actually good. That we can still we still have our own lives outside the company, which is I think it's super super important. That's People true. would have that. Yeah, that's Otherwise, true. you screw up your friendship if you screw up the business. And in business, there might be something that are not related to friendship, but you have to make nasty decisions which screw Spe up your friendship. Yes. Speaking of nasty decisions, before you took on the VC money and it was just you four, how mm -hmm. did you have the equity split up? Was it was it equal shares for equal, the twenty five percent four ways? Yeah. Well, what happens when you were voting? What if it was two against two? Did you flip a coin when you guys were arguing about something? How did you decide? I was curious. Well, um, actually, that, that's a really good question. It's something that we are like proud, but also uh, humble about it is that we've been always um, been able to figure things out, four of us, so that there are no like split 50-50 or anything like that. So because all of us have like certain strengths in our own area. So we are not, we have never felt that somebody is stepping on somebody else's toe. And that has helped a lot. There has been a trust, which has been the main thing between us. And we trust and respect each other on the level that there is no need to like poke. <laughs> like what the fuck you're doing? <laughs> yeah. Who was who the cash raise? Were you the cash raise lead? Were you the one yeah. talking to the VCs, sell, selling the yeah. deck, doing the whole thing? Okay. Yeah, that's me. Did you have experience raising cash before that, or was this your first time doing that? Mm, first time, yes. Tell the listeners raised... what it, tell the listeners what it's like to sit in sit in a room with a full of VCs and ask them to write a check. <laughs> uh, well, sort of when you know what you're doing, then it's sort of um, I've I've always enjoyed performing in front of people and putting myself okay. into these <laughs> shitty situations that I don't really know what what I'm doing, but maybe I can explain. Let's let's talk. That's my, one of my maybe my survival skills. But it's a uh, of course it has been fundamental that I had Olli helping out with the numbers. Okay, that's super super important that you have some, you you have to back up your story with the numbers. Of course, yeah, yeah. Not this not a nice slide deck doesn't sell. They want they <laughs> won't never they won't never understand your business. But they they will always understand the numbers. Great point. Great great point. Where were you? I don't know how much you want to share. I know it's still private company, but where were you from a revenue and profitability perspective when you were pitching? Were roughly like like you were? I'm um, guessing you were. I'm guessing you were EBITDA cash flow positive. You were, or were you burning cash? Nope. Or what we was were your burning. Situation? You were burning. You were burning already then. Um, so 2018 was the first round seed. Okay. Seed round 2018, and I think we were around million, 1.5 million, something like a little bit over a million euro recurring revenue. And our model is recurring revenue model. Oh, right. Yeah. So we which already had traction. Yeah, yeah, which is great. Yeah. That's exactly what we want to do. So 90, 95% of the revenue is recurring. I mean, hey, investors love that. So, you know, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so we had that. And we had traction. We have a nice logos. Uh, 
from home turf, like from the Scandinavia Nordics cool. insurance companies uh, already utilizing it. So that was the first step. But you were so they, now. Can I can I pause you right there? Because the listeners, yep. you know, a lot of the a lot of the listeners, they get fascinated about the early part of this. When you were working towards that million in revenue, um, you were you guys all paying yourselves a little bit of something, but not much. And were you and and what was mm. and how were you surviving if you were burning cash? Were you surviving from the seed money, or did you guys put in cash? I just want to know early on how were you making it basically yeah well <laughs> in the early early stage we used customer revenue our own money to really grow up and and build build a okay. kind of a solid foundation as a product so that's okay. but also at the, at times we all we still had that consultancy business so we didn't take any any salaries from one io so we invested everything i see and we had the consultancy business at the side so I was I like CEO of both companies at the same time. I see. I see. Okay. I was doing selling as a consultancy, but it was also a stepping stone for the customers because that consultancy business was selling to our ideal customer profile for integration service. Mm -hmm. So we were leveraging those relationships that we already had. Gotcha. Okay. So right. that was the early stage. So um, we always say that OneIO has been like a proper company since 2015. That's when we start paying salaries to ourselves. Okay, and that's a great let, let's pause right there for the listeners. You know, great, great point. If you have some friends and you want to start something, um, you can prop up your new company with proceeds from something everybody else is kind of doing on the side at first, mm. you know, if you if you mm. need to, right? And that's a, a lot of people do that, right? Uh yeah. I mean, that's how you can that's how you can get it going to show traction and and so yeah. forth. Okay, great. And then it finally got it got to a point to where the cash flow was good enough for you guys to walk to stop doing your other thing. Now yeah. you're in the, then you all dove in full time, started paying yourselves. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Yeah. yeah. Was one, the wife, one, was your, was your, was your wife a little bit nervous when you were doing, was she like, was she fully supportive or was she like, Hey, just go yeah. get a regular job. Or? She's, she's a little bit like crazy like me. So in that sense that we believe that we need like really, we are taking, we are risk takers in that sense. Okay. In, in a sort of a, I would say, Finnish perspective, risk takers. So 2010, we actually both quit our day jobs, Ooh. bought a new house, moved outside Helsinki. We already had kids then, and then we start figuring out what the fuck we are doing. So that's sort of a clean slate. <laughs> and she was full on it. She, she was sort of like, okay, what is the worst thing that could happen? Like go get a, yeah go get a regular job just go get a job I guess right yeah right. something like that so it, it she's been always fully supportive and uh, we have also this like a trust between us that uh, she has never challenged anything like this and yeah, uh, cool. been like on it that's very good okay cool cool so now um, the company is I don't know how much you can share how big is the company mm -hmm. in employees revenue like where where are you guys at now if you don't mind sharing. Uh, yeah, happy to. So we are around 40, 40 people. Cool. Operations are the, like the HQ is in Helsinki, Finland. Okay. And we have operations in um, the main like expansion market. So we are market expansion phase at the moment. The Nordics, of Finland, it's like, it's not a market. It's a kind of like, you know, it's a village. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. If you want to grow, you have to go outside. Mm -hmm. So Germany, uh, Dach region, Central Europe, UK, and US. So we have subsidiary in Germany and US. Uh, we have had a little bit 
of team in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. Last year, but then we needed to like a little bit like do the risk management. So unfortunately, yeah. we needed to cut cut those that team off. We have customers still in the states. Ah. Okay. So how are you how are you servicing those customers in the states? So I guess it's easy to do if it's a if it's an ongoing SaaS. Yeah, it's ongoing. Yeah, in that sense, there is not that that much to do. Who but, who in the U.S. is knocking on doors to sell and get you more clients? Who's doing that? Um. Well, at the moment, it's more like a little bit uh, opportunistic, I would say. I know, I know a really point. cool, I know a really cool recruiting firm named Riderflex that can find you a sales guy for the U.S. We can talk afterwards. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Well, the U.S. is of course our like main target market. At the end of the day, if you think about IT services market in yeah. like it's a whole sum, it's uh, like the Scandinavia Nordics. It's fifteen billion in total. Ah, wow. Germany. 50 uk 80 us 400 million billion yeah. So yeah. it's yeah. that's if you really want to grow fast and that's our like sort of next level is to actually as we speak we are starting an, another round of financing to really boost up the market expansion very good okay i was going to ask you if you were in another cash raise what are you raising this time um it's going to be like a round 10 10 15 million Okay, let's talk afterwards after the recording's over. I have yeah. a bunch of I have a bunch of investors that are part of our uh, advisory board here at Riderflex, and anytime I have guests on that are raising cash, they usually want to they usually want to okay. know or get a copy Excellent. of the deck or get a copy to. of the deck or whatever. Yeah. Um, when you raise this next round, are you going to have to move it move the four founders into a position of less than? I guess it it's it's gonna. It's going to be like that, but it's, it's sort of a part of the evolution as well. It is. I mean, it is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There are still options, not only be, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I was going to say, um, make sure you get a little payday in there, you know, secondary (laughs) secondaries are definitely in in play this time. (laughs) Yeah. You got to pay that country house off that you and your wife live in. I don't know. Is there, is there, do you live, do you live outside of the city or, or where do you live? Or you live yeah, like in a, a suburb or, or do you have like a outside, land? Or? Outside. Yeah, okay. it's uh, around like 45 minutes from Helsinki. How many acres do you have? <laughs> not not, a, it's not, not it's a like, 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 it's nothing, no. it's nothing like that. Oh, okay. Sorry. No, not I, a farm. Think, it's not a farm. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. I'm visualizing, I'm visualizing that you live like up on a hill somewhere with a bunch of acres. Yeah, no, that's, that's not, that's, that's not it. Colorado. I, I'm going to imagine Colorado is like that. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Uh, you have to send me a photo. Send me you have to, when you go home when you, tomorrow. Send me a photo or something. Okay. Very so cool. dark here that you cannot take photos yet. <laughs> Are you off? Do you guys all office from home or do you have an office there? Or do you work from uh, home? Do you have an office there? Yeah. We have a hybrid setup after COVID times. We are trying to, as everybody else is trying to figure out how the, how the hybrid works. Yeah. So that's where we have, have a nice office in Helsinki. Okay. By the way, for the listeners, it is one, not the number one, but the word one, one io.cloud is the website. Will you give us a layman's term, three minute elevator pitch on what you do for the listeners, for the commoners, just what you do? And by the way, it was interesting. I went into ChatGPT and I pasted in your website. URL and I said in language from a fifth grader tell me what this company does 
Yeah. Uh, interesting response. It basically said um, it was something like, imagine a bunch of different, if you had a Nintendo and a PlayStation and a this and a this and this, you had a bunch of different game consoles and you wanted all these consoles to talk to each other and play one game with your friends. That's what one IO does or something like that. What do you well, think about, what do you think about that that's description? Actually, that's <laughs> actually quite, quite spot on. Yeah. That's uh, so sort of a, yeah. <laughs> Giving to, yeah. Tell us, give me the elevator pitch. Yeah. Well, um, first of all, requires a little bit of background, but the integration space, uh, enterprise integration space, it's uh, heavily uh, relying at the moment to these traditional project-based business models. Okay. So people are having some kind of an integration platform, and then they start building integrations on top of that. So it's a like, and then they have to manage it. The, the way we operate is that you don't build anything. You subscribe the integrations you need. Mm. Our service takes care of the setup of the integrations, and running of the integrations. And you pay the subscription fee, paper use, that's it. So you don't invest into resources. You don't pay any project fees. You just utilize it. So we remove these traditional bottlenecks when it comes to enterprise integration, like building, figuring out specification, development, maintenance, support, all that jazz. Um, and uh, it, in turn, we can deliver like complex integrations in two weeks, maximum calendar time. That's our promise. We have never failed. Wow. Two weeks, zero to 100. Wow. Comparison to this project-based approach takes three to six months per integration. Maybe if the specification is okay, if nothing changes when you're building it. Mm. So it's uh, it reduces dramatically the time to integration, time to value. And then it's it runs... Um, on a cost level that you can afford it. It's not going to cost you millions. I was about to ask you, is your target base small to medium-sized companies that can actually afford this service or are you only pitching to Fortune 500? Yeah, I was about to ask you that. Uh, kind of a mid-size, I guess in the U.S. market, it's uh, mid-size large okay. enterprises who are, uh, they have a proper IT department. So there's an IT department who are, who are using a lot of these suppliers. They need to integrate them, their okay. IT supply chain. But, but also we work with different kind of service providers who need to figure out how they actually integrate their services to their customers mm -hmm. and their subcontractors. So it's a sort of in, in, in high level, we enable IT supply chain automation. So there are different parties delivering IT related services like service desk, help desk, things like that, mm -hmm. managing infrastructure, et cetera. And there are certain, uh, you know, processes that you need to participate for instance, incident management, stuff like that. So that goes a little bit deep, but still, so that's our role uh, in this space. We are operating in enterprise integration space. Our domain is IT. I, if you are delivering or managing technology services, we are the best integration partner for you. And is it a monthly subscription, yearly subscription? And is there a, a one-time set up initiation fee and then a monthly well how's the how's your business model what's your default yeah. default is um a yearly uh 12 months advanced payment subscription 12 months advanced. i see yeah okay. no setup fees you just no pay the monthly fee I, I see what if what if the company's like well i don't know if i can afford 12 months up front how about six months who do they negotiate with you huh mm. <laughs> we, are, we are happy to negotiate if you give something in, in return. Like if you are, let's say, ah. 
GM, we are happy to use your logo and reference and, and stuff like that. I do. Oh my God. I've, I've done so many <laughs> deals like I've done so many deals like that for Ryder Flex, our recruiting firm. You know, when yeah. we get a, when we get a big company that calls uh, mm. like Chevron, like we started doing some recruiting for Chevron. Yeah. And I remember when Chevron called, I was, I told my business partner, I was like, I don't give a shit what we have to do. Make sure you sign that client. I want that logo on the website. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that's exactly what we are now. Like sort of a, uh, when it comes to expansion, we have nice logos, for instance, in Germany, these global players who everybody knows, like Adidas, uh, Bayer Pharmaceuticals and, and guys like that, Volkswagen is using. So there, there are a lot of lighthouse logos that we could use. Of course, in the US, we have in our space, like companies like Cognizant and Ahead who are like, quite prominent IT service providers there, but it's still sort of early stage. But you need those, la la you know, logos yes. that you can build your yes. story around. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No doubt about it. Uh, we used to do, yeah, we used to do stuff. We've had the firm now for eight years and uh, it's interesting. We were pitching somebody yesterday and now we have, we've placed like 4,000 candidates. We have like 400 five-star reviews on Google it's so much mm -hmm. easier. It's so much easier to sell now. And I was thinking as we were pitching yesterday, I was like, wow, this is a lot easier than it was back in the early days when we didn't have shit. We had like two logos on the website. We had like 10 reviews. <laughs> it was, yeah. It gets easier. Yeah. You know, if you get the, if you get the, once you get the traction, right. Once you can build the references, the logos, mm -hmm. and, oof, man, it gets so much easier. Yeah. And the thing is that when you are kind of, we are really disrupting this space and we are changing the way it, that people cool. should think about the whole thing. So that's our biggest biggest challenge when it comes to growth that we have to explain and educate the market a lot. Mm -hmm. so I, I sort of get these Henry Henry Ford moments. I guess that back in the day when he came up with the idea of automobile, mm -hmm. like he went around and said, asking people, okay, how do you feel like like horses are slow and they are like un, like unreliable and expensive and maintain all that. <laughs> I have this thing that takes you from A to B, yeah, with the like defined speed. And you know where it, like all this, it's everything's automated. Then people are like, "I'm super excited," but where are the horses? <laughs> this is the these are the questions that we get. Okay, I love it, but I still uh, can I do some scripting and coding somewhere? Ah, interesting. You don't wow. have to. You don't have to. You, don't you have just to. configure the logic. Uh, you mm. just look at the end result that you're aiming. You're looking like how do you want to work with your IT partners? What is the process flow? And then you just configure the logic, do the mappings, and everything happens automatically. I don't know, but what about the scripting? <laughs> it sounds like you close or have closed most of the deals. Are you at the are you at the closing table with these big companies closing the deals, or is it somebody else? Thankfully, thankfully, we have a sales team. Okay. Yeah, but, but if it's I'm a big, supporting. but if it's big, but if it's Adidas, you go to that meeting. I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, I'm supporting as much as I can. I love sales. I can tell you've 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 pitched it a bunch of times. Um, I want to ask you if you don't mind. I want to talk a little bit about in, in the last few minutes we have. I want to talk about AI and tech and the advancement of things and how it might yeah. affect how it might affect your world. We are recording this on this today. Today's the thirteenth. Oh, tomorrow's Valentine's Day. I guess I better. We'll get something for the wife this afternoon. Anyway, uh, February 13th, 2024 is when we're recording this. How are you feeling about 
the advancement, the light speed advancement of AI right now and how it might affect your business. Are you nervous? Are you excited? Both kind of, and, and what do you, what do you foresee uh, happening? Mm. Well, uh, from our perspective, it's the, the best, by far the best thing ever happened in our business and for our business. Okay. Large okay. language model um, and uh, the capabilities it has, it's, it holds a huge potential for us. Um, shortly put, um, AI is like like a kid coming coming from school. So if you have a kid who has gone through the North Korean schooling system, you have a kid who has gone through the US schooling system, and you ask the same question from, from both of these kids, you get different an answer because they have a different context. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now in our business, we've been running the service now for like almost 10 years. We have hundreds of millions of messages that we've been brokering between the largest companies in the world, the biggest enterprises, largest service providers. And we have a like a library of like super complex logic okay. as a context. That's our IP. Okay. What we've been now doing is that we've been teaching AI with that context. So the next level for us is that everything will be like human to human. So through our interfaces and utilizing the context that AI can now, it's now like taught, it, it has learned it. You can just write like you write to chat GPT and it provides you the right, like you have a complex use case with multitude of, uh, you know, integration points. You just write that I want to do this and this and it, it can provide you the solution in a click of a button. Like it's amazing. It's like, and that's our IP is the context. Nobody else has that. I see. Okay. Very good. Is that would a comparison to what you just said on a tiny scale, would it be, uh, I guess this would be an analogy, maybe a comparison. So I built a little GPT that was called Steve Urban's career advice. And I put, the transcripts from our books, we've launched a couple mm -hmm. of books. I put the transcripts from all the podcast episodes yeah. that I've done on career exactly. advice and stuff. And I, and I fed it into exactly. the GPT. Is that is exactly that's, that's your okay. context. That's your context. Okay. That okay. is, that is your IP. And now it's utilized by AI and it, it provides huge value because in our space it actually applies to your, your example as well, that, um, there's so like in your case, I'd guess that there's so much information that it's humanly impossible to consume everything and learn it by heart, just like that. Yeah, but it, exactly. You have question, you want to utilize the context. Bingo. So with us is that the, the logic is so complex that it's humanly impossible to manage such, such a complex logic, uh, but AI can do it. It's perfect mm -hmm. tool for that. Mm -hmm. And the best thing is that we, we are not stealing anyone's IP. That's our IP. Yeah, and that gotcha. goes into the risks of and, and challenges that AI now has that right. most of the stuff is kind of a stolen, yeah. at least from European perspective. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> somebody else's IP. It's tricky. Yeah. Uh, tricky. Tricky waters. It's a little bit tricky. And uh, but it's <laughs> thinking about YouTube. When you, when YouTube started, it was mostly stolen content. Yeah, it's true. Videos like 
people were broadcasting somebody else's content, somebody else's yeah. IP. That's and that's how it took it off. So it, maybe it needs a little bit of this, no, like gray area. <laughs> uh, uh, what do you, do you think, I, I, you know, I'm not a doomsday or anything like that. So don't, don't get me wrong. I don't, I don't no. think, I don't think Sarah, Sarah Connor is coming for, for Terminator or anything, but do you, do you think like, let's use Elon Musk, for example, or some of the other folks that are predicting, mm. predicting a universal, some sort of universal pay because robots will do everything. Yeah. Do, do you, do you foresee that, uh, you, do you, do you think we will eventually live in a society where there's a, there's just a universal pay because robots and technology are doing most of the work and humans are just enjoying their, I don't know, whatever. hobbies, <laughs> hobbies or whatever. I mean, what, what do you think is going to happen? Um, I guess that, um, there's always a need for sort of a, somebody to look into that decision from the human perspective. And I guess that humans are still needed. I, I think the best, best quotes that I've seen is that, uh, AI won't take your, take your job, but somebody who can utilize AI will take your job. Yeah. So that's sort yeah. of what we're going to. But if you think of it from the positive perspective, uh, as at least in, in in the Western societies, we've been uh, telling hundreds of years almost now, like like you need to need to be able to uh, you need to be able to read, to be educated, to be so like leveling your status in in society. But now, just by speaking right. with AI. Yep. You don't need to be able to read. Yeah. And there, All you got to do is like, be able to ask the question. You just have to yeah, be able exactly. to ask the question. <laughs> exactly. And that's think about how many, how many like hundreds of millions of women, for instance, who are not allowed to go to school. And the kids are not allowed, the girls are not allowed to go to school because they want to keep them in there, you know, yeah. where they are. Yeah. And now we have these tools and utilization that you don't really have to kind of it democratizes the world. In the best it does. case. Yes. Mm -hmm. But of course, the downside is this like a doomsday computers taking over. and, and uh, But maybe that's, it's part of the evolution then. If we cannot cope this, then we are not, you know, are we really in the right spot in the food chain? <laughs> uh, it, it's interesting. It's a fascinating time. <laughs> to to be alive it really is uh i'm i'm 57 so i'm kind of hoping it hurries up because I, I don't i want to i want to see what happens before i die right i want to be like oh i want to kind of see my granddaughters i have two granddaughters and so uh they're going to experience things that i probably can't even really imagine right now i'm yeah. guessing you know but it is going to be fascinating to see what happens i kind of think I feel like, tell me what you think of this prediction. I don't know. We're almost out of time here. I feel like there's going to be this massive short-term immediate disruption where it's going to eliminate some jobs. It's going to create mm -hmm. some, some, some chaos in the workforce until kind of the dust settles with new jobs and creation and, and universal pay or whatever's going to happen. So there's going to be this, I feel like there's going to be this weird short-term 
fucked up messiness until it kind of settles in. I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm right, but <laughs> yeah, we as humans, we don't really have a like really good track record of of bringing all the people on the same wealth level. We've been I really know. good at putting everybody on the same poor level level of the world, but like I think it's a little bit building into somebody's. There will be this sort of a levels of people who are on the top of the top dogs and they will utilize and they will benefit and then one percent of the of the wealth goes to them you're right and I, that's the, that that is the scary part yeah. who control who controls the information flow who can yeah yeah uh, that's yeah. the part that makes me nervous uh yeah and because if we, we already have the capabilities to stop world hunger but we don't do it exactly <laughs> <laughs> so what like it's a little bit like if you think about Rome Empire back in the day, why it collapses, that they just become too big, too big, and people around them wanted the same same stuff that they had, and yep. you can maybe see some similarities with the current times. That's true. If you look at Asia, Asia African countries, like it's um, there was yep. some there was in the news this Chinese New Year, uh, and uh, it's a big big event, of course. Chinese New Year just turned, I think. The new year started like yeah, when, yeah. like a couple of days ago. Yeah. Year of Dragon. And Chinese only during that time, they make nine billion travels. Really? Within this period of time. Nine wow. billion. Wow. <laughs> and it's mostly still in within China. Yeah. But imagine that expanding. <laughs> well, there's only how many people are in the U.S.? Uh, three hundred and fifty million. Three hundred fifty. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. And what's what's the population of Finland? Um, a little bit below six million. Six million? I didn't know that. Six yeah. million? Are you serious? It's a village. Finland is another country. It's a country club. I told you. <laughs> so, wow. Uh, that's because it's frozen and nobody wants. It. It's too cold. Is that right? Is it's too cold? Yeah. Well. Yeah, anyway. Uh, well, it's going to be fascinating. It's, anyway, to wrap that conversation up, it sounds to me like 1IO is capitalizing on what's happening with AI and large language yeah. models, and you're doing everything you can to stay on top of it and use it to your advantage, which if you're listening to this episode, I highly recommend. In fact, if you're an entrepreneur or a business owner and your head is in the sand and you're not paying attention as to what's going on with tech and AI, you are behind. Like, come on, man, you got to get with it. Yeah. And by the way, you are, I, I still get on the podcast and talk to people that haven't even used ChatGPT yet. And, I, mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm, I'm looking at them like, you better fucking pay attention, man. Like, you better, yeah. you're, you're, come on, man. So sounds like you're on top of it. <laughs> yeah. Happy to be here. I think it's also like privilege and uh, also a great opportunity for companies yeah. like our, us. Yeah. Congratulations on everything you and your founders have built, my friend. Uh -huh.